And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! We are back and news follows us, Zach. That is certainly the case. Uh, welcome into the Can't Wait podcast. I'm Tim McMaster along with our Jets reporter at The Athletic, Zach Rosenblatt, and we, for the first time, are without our producer, Marissa Dunn. So first off, my apologies for anything technically that goes wrong with this show. Uh, it's, it's not my fault, but I'm going <laughs> to do my best to get us through. And we got some extra stuff we got to throw in here. Um, so, so I think we should start there, Zach. Before we get to the breaking news, Quinn and Williams, which we will talk about, we will talk about the cornerback drama around the Jets and other corners, present and past Jets and, and other corners in the league. Uh, we're talking about, hey, training camps next week. Best position battles heading into training camp. And we're also going to have a little draft of our own where me and Zach are going to draft best hard knock storyline. And you can tell us how we did as far as those picks go. Um, Zach actually has a story out about that that I purposely did not read. So we are going into that segment um, completely blind. But before we get all, to all of that, something else we got to share here, Zach. And, and here we go. That's right. Look at that. Our Hello. pod mom is now a real mom. <laughs> Madison Beautiful. Mary Dunn, uh, born two weeks ago today, I think, at this point. Um, so wow. congratulations to Marissa and Michael. Madison's doing great, healthy. I have one more picture here to share. Here, this next one's a keeper. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can yeah. see the picture. If you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, wherever else it is, just imagine a very adorable photo with Marissa, Madison, and Michael um, at the hospital. Yeah, just imagine it. Uh, let me get one more up. There. Uh, yeah, we got to see this other one's a great one. Marissa is still in our group text. We're still annoying her with uh, details about the podcast, too, by the way. We wanted to, we, we checked with her to see if she was okay with it. And uh, and she's like, yeah, I would love to peep in and see what you guys are doing. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Still kind of and loosely she, involved. Yeah, and she also said that. that at some point now she's she's off for a while, which is fantastic um, as part of her leave. But she's going to join us at some point over the course of the season. Look once at that baby in a helmet. You can't beat that. Yeah, that's so cute. The baby. <laughs> so that's Michael holding his Browns helmet with the baby in the helmet. Uh, hopefully they sterilize that helmet. I was about to say. Hopefully it's. Uh, you know, it wasn't after practice or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, again, we congratulations Marissa. to Marissa. Um, you are very much missed, as people will see as they watch and listen to us here and how things go. On how, the are the, how are the buttons? How are the buttons looking over there? I, I haven't. I haven't. So far, I haven't canceled <laughs> the show. I haven't put the wrong photo up. Uh, and I, so I think I'm I think I'm on a roll. You have, um, you have me. There's, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie MacGruber, but there's a, there's a scene in there where he's, uh, he's supposed to like disarm a bomb, and there's like a lot of wires. He's like, there's so many wires here. I'm more of a three wire guy. 
<laughs> I yes, imagine I'm, you'd be like that. <laughs> I'm more of a host and maybe maybe monitor the comment section guy, not <laughs> maybe, a uh, yeah. press record, bring up bring up buttons and 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 all that. Plus my camera, by the way, one more thing if you're watching on YouTube is um I brought my webcam oh. to Nashville as part of our um NHL team summit and it ended up with somebody else. So it's it's getting redelivered to me. But till then we're uh I don't have my good backdrop either. So <laughs> but we're, we're making do. All right. Should we move on to the Jets? Yeah, let's talk Jets. Let's talk Quinn and Williams because, man, you you texted me, what, an hour and a half ago? Hey, yeah. Quinn and changed his bio on Twitter back. It says he's playing for the Jets. So here we go. And sure enough, sure like enough. moments. Our streak we, continues. Yeah, we, we know when to podcast. We're amazing. We make, we make news happen. We, we do. Camp. It's like pretty wild if we're being honest. Like it, it keeps happening over and over again. Yeah. I'm starting to get worried. It, yeah, it was. Uh, I was in the middle of like a like a doctor's appointment when the when the news dropped too, and I just like had it was staring at my phone the entire time. So was, uh, the timing's never what you expect, but the fact that it came before the pod, not after, we'll always appreciate that out of the Jets. And the fact that it came before training camp, because to be honest, I'll say it now before we get to the segment. But one of my topics for. Uh, yeah, for hard knocks that I now have to remove is like the Quinn and watch, right? Like the the weekly, like where is he? And like, do they they try to track him down with the camera and see what he's up to because he hasn't reported to camp yet because he hasn't gotten his contract? All that fun drama now won't be a part of hard knocks. Well, Instead, it, it's going to be like happy Quinn and like strutting into one jet strut. Well, I, a lot of fans remember this because they have better memories than I do. But I think on the previous hard knock season with the Jets, I think they were in the negotiations with somebody um and like the, i think that was on the the show like they went to a restaurant it was uh i guess it would have been tannenbaum was the gm back then uh and and so people a lot of people were joking well i guess joe douglas doesn't have to meet up with nicole lynn in a in i think it was called roscoe's or something <laughs> um so uh yeah it's pretty cyclical but this one worked out better like we like i joked to you beforehand i'm like well there's the jet look at the jets like getting rid of a controversy before it before they have to deal with it in training camp so um big 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 news big contract uh ultimately and we've talked about this in past episodes i reported about it earlier in the off season um you know the the they were they were always close but there was like a sticking point on both sides like the jets wanted a longer contract quinn inside wanted a more traditional four-year deal like all the other defensive tackles were getting Ultimately, Quinning got his way. He got a four-year deal, $96 million, $66 million guaranteed. Second highest paid defensive tackle in the league. Behind Aaron Donald, I think around $24 million a year, which you know, I predicted 25, so it's around that. Um, and the richest contract like in total in Jets history, which is significant. You know, this is a kid that uh, you know, it it took him a little bit to get into his groove. He was always solid, I think, but he became a star last year at the perfect time for himself and his family i think he just had his first uh kid i don't know if it's a boy or a girl but um i think during like the otas range he had his first kid uh yeah so this is a it's a big moment for him big moment for the jets an organization that hasn't done a lot a great job of keeping their draft picks whether they were good or not of signing them to second contracts i think the only one over the last few years was nathan shepherd and he was a third round pick i believe um this is the first like extension, I believe people said that Joe Douglas has signed any player to since he became the GM, which is pretty crazy to think about if you look at some other teams in the league. But um, you know, it's he's one of their he's the signature draft pick of the Mike McCagan era. It's hard to mess it up <laughs> or two in theory, but 
you know, teams have done it, including this one at number two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is huge. And now you just remove a distraction. You bring your arguably your best defensive player. He was certainly their best one last year. You could argue whether it's him or Sauce going into this year. But um, talent-wise, they might not have a better player on the team, including Aaron Rodgers. Like, Aaron Rodgers is still very good. But Quentin Williams is, like, played at Aaron Donald level last year. Like, their defense is not as good as it is without him. I think you saw it. There was a game where he missed where the defense was not as good. Um, and so, yeah, you know, this is, uh, important. They got, they get him in the building. Uh, this interpick of the McAgnera is Ja'Kai Polite is what Taylor just said. Thanks Taylor. <laughs> pretty good. That was pretty ru- brutal one. What a draft that was. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they got, they got Quinn and locked in. I, I wasn't sure it was going to happen before camp. Uh, clearly the jets just didn't want it to be a distraction because they, they relented on, you know, like I said, I'm calling it a game of chicken. It was kind of like the Aaron Rodgers thing. The jets kind of relented on the Aaron Rodgers trade talks they wanted that to happen and it feels like kind of similar here where they're like all right we'll just do like you kind of joked before the pod they could have signed this one a while ago <laughs> technically because i mean this is just like you do a little bit more than the last guy and that's pretty much what it wound up being i think he's a little more than jeffrey simmons uh well earned well deserved it's out of the way now fans stop freaking out from the beginning i said it was going to happen eventually i don't i was never worried about it when like that it would happen I was just curious when, because the, the the line from the Jets was just that they didn't feel like they were in a rush. Clearly, they maybe weren't in a rush, but wanted to get it done. And now they go into camp, and you can you know focus on getting better in training camp. There's a couple you know things they they probably need to get to. The Aaron Rodgers contract will have to be restructured at some point. Whether they sign Quan Alexander, I, I still am not so sure that's going to happen. But um, yeah, you know this locks them in, and I'm I'm curious to see the structure and in the years and like how much what the cap it looks like next year at. I saw Justina Anderson reported. I th- think it was her that it's in addition to like it's tacked on to the fifth year option. It's not like the fifth year option is not a part of this deal kind of thing. So it's a new, it's $96 million in new money. Uh, and I believe that that also means it's four years beyond. So 20 starts in 2024 in theory. I don't know if they spread it out and brought some to this year. That's something we'll, we'll see when the details come out. Uh, but yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it's the deal that he wanted and he got it. And now they're they're one of their best players is locked in long term. We'll never know, I guess, if hard knocks actually factored into this getting mm. done when it did. Right. Like like if that extra spotlight isn't on the Jets day one of training camp, do they let this linger a little longer? Let the chicken game play out a little longer um, before kind of giving in, whereas it feels like with this timing, that they the deadline for the Jets was hey we have to have a deal done before training camp starts so like this was the time when the, when they gave into the chicken game well and and I'm sure HBO's already been there because usually they don't come in like right when camp starts the cameras get in there earlier so there's a chance they have some footage of them signing the deal or whatever so I'm sure that'll be on there although you know the Jets have their own competing <laughs> hard knocks thing that they're still doing one Jets drive which I think they announced is going to be on Mondays or something, which pretty clearly is um, whether it's on purpose or not. That's I think I said Mondays or Tuesdays. So they're going to basically have it. So it comes out before hard knocks does each week, uh, which I don't they'll know how their, their feels about that, but yeah, so they'll before, have, uh, yeah. so I'm curious to see like who does stuff for the jets and does not do it for the HBO thing. Like, that's going to be a fun battle. It's going to be more localized. I don't think that's going to be an issue nationally because nobody outside of jets fans and like media are watching the jets one probably. Um, yeah, it's different content in a sense. And I, yeah. I'm sure that's part of why the Jets, they want to be on it because they have their yeah. own thing. But yeah. like their thing is geared for the fan that knows so much about what's already going on totally. versus yeah. Hard Knocks is like, 
they're going to be introducing all these storylines. Yeah. So I think it's completely different. Yeah, like when and if you're really crazed Jets fan, you're probably yeah. going to watch both. Totally. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of content for Jets fans, um, in a season where there's as much interest as there's ever been in this team. So it's uh, I mean, the the circus is already starting early. I guess you can say. Um, all right. Speaking of circuses. Oh yeah. Talk Transition about Tim right there. That yeah, was good. There you go. <laughs> uh, so Sauce Gardner, who's going to be a big part of Hard Knocks, no doubt mm. about that. Oh, yeah, Darrell we'll Rivas and Asante Samuel having a bit of a, a Twitter battle. Uh, Samuel, it started with with Gardner getting highly rated um, yeah. in a in a poll of cornerbacks, which Asante got offended by for some reason. But <laughs> offended and blames you, Zach. Yeah, he blames me. you for this. <laughs> Sante saying, wow, the you know, New York me, I'm not going to quote the exact stuff, yeah, but basically a lot. A lot. the New York media, media will really take your career to another level. Basically saying that like the reason Gardner was rated so highly is just because he plays in New York and the way the media covers the team here, um, which the actual poll had nothing to do with media, yes. right? It was, it yes. was like executives and, and players and all that stuff. So, so that's where it went. The gardener's not one to just kind of roll over and let the stuff go. So he fires back and then credits to Darrell Rivas for like, you know, Jumping protecting in, his guy. He jumps in and fires. And that now it's just a, a mess. Just and just, flying. but for anybody who loves football, like there's nothing bad about this, right? Like it's all in good fun. And, I mean, it's and all it's, dumb off season stuff. It's great. Right. And I it's, love and it. it's, and it's corner, it's cornerbacks. I think, Darius Slay, funnily, like he's he's hilarious. Darius Slay, he's one of the funnier personalities in the NFL. I think he's like tweeted about how cornerbacks always just can't keep their mouth shut. Like they're that's just the personalities. I feel like receivers used to be that receivers and corners, yeah. It, but corners in particular now, actually, although you had the DJ Reed Justin Jefferson thing last year, which is both sides of it. But yeah, so even just like to expand what happened here, so you know. Asante Samuel was going after Sauce. I think some fans started tweeting about Rivas at Samuel, and then Samuel started saying how Rivas was overrated because he didn't get as many interceptions as Asante. Um, and then for some reason, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the safety, get, gets into it and, and is, like, agreeing with Asante stuff. And then there's, like, Quandre Diggs. And then there's these, you know, those Twitter spaces things. So Chauncey Gardner-Johnson did a Twitter space to explain what he was saying, and DJ Reed was in there. And then that ended. Sauce Gardner started his own because he was still mad about what Chauncey was saying. So Sauce and DJ Reed and Darius Slay is in there too, are like kind of all talking about this whole situation. Then Chauncey comes in, tries to defend himself again. At one point, Chauncey, allu- Chauncey and Sauce alluded to, which, you know, kind of flew under the radar, I thought, um, alluded to how they thought Chauncey was close to signing with the Jets at one point. And I don't, I don't know if I heard it correctly, but it sounded like Chauncey was also trying to get Darius Slay because there was a point where Darius was going to get cut by the Eagles and then he returned where he was like going to try and get Darius to go with him to the Jets. But I, I never heard anything about the Jets being like seriously interested in trying to get Chauncey necessarily. Um, he wound up signing a pretty below market deal with the Lions, I believe. Uh, and ultimately, the Jets went with Chuck Clark and then Adrian Amos. Anyway, um, it was just like all this ridiculous drama. And then Chauncey leaves the chat again, and then Sauce is still kind of talking. And it just, <laughs> it's just so it was. It's just funny, and I, I don't really. It's it's weird. And Sauce kind of talked about this a little bit both in the spaces and on Twitter. He, I don't like his level of success and fame. It seems like has annoyed people for some reason, like it fans from other fan bases get like offended by him. They're like, Oh, he's, he's, he's always, uh, he's doesn't get called for defense passing first. He's grabbing them all the time. And you have guys like Chauncey and Asante Samuel coming after him. Like sauce has done nothing wrong. He's not, 
he's a very he doesn't even party like he goes home and plays video games uh he likes to tweet he's getting recognized by all these different publications that's not he's not the one making them do that and, and so well, he wasn't like, one of samuel's shots like instead of defending those passes yeah. try picking them off oh like, it's it's insane uh, he like nobody well, caught the he, ball he's only he only says that because that's what he did when he's the nfl he got a lot of picks but right like he even he's posted a video today it was like a ridiculous rant um where he's like don't don't tell me about how they're not throwing it to that side of the field they're getting thrown at maybe they're not getting thrown at as much or blah 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 like i'm like Darrell Rivas in particular, like the idea that he thinks he's better than Rivas, like I get it. You're you, you're going to root for yourself, but Rivas and cornerbacks have to down be tough, an entire side I'll of the field. Like teams, right. the Jets, like this, there wasn't really many cornerbacks that ever been like Rivas. Where like the Jets defense, they were scheming everybody else around him because they knew they could just leave him on a literal island, and he would literally, he would get the job done. He would go against Calvin Johnson. He would go against you know. Um, I'm trying, I'm, Andre Johnson, like all, all these, the great receivers of that time, like he would go against them and stop them, and teams quarterbacks would avoid him, and um, and like the yeah, the idea that because Revis didn't have as many picks as Asante Samuel, like go go and ask opposing quarterbacks and opposing offensive coordinators who they feared more between those two, and they would tell you Revis 100 percent of the maybe not 100 percent, but I think pretty close to that. And so you know, there's that side of it, which that part of it was ridiculous pretty crazy it was kind of funny to see Rivas chime in and he was going at, he was like i don't really remember much about asante sam but then he did this like very detailed specific story that he remembered about rex ryan like <laughs> smack talk yeah asante which so clearly he did it's just like funny trash talk and it actually got me thinking a little bit because i you know the hall of fame game's coming up so i i'm working on some stuff about Rivas and um Rivas and sauce they're very different players like Rivas was like 511 sauce is six foot four and long and lanky but Terms of the personalities, like they both have a, and I think a lot of there are a lot of great athletes that have this about them. They like get offended if somebody dares say they're not the best kind of thing, or somebody like goes goes out of their criticism. And Rivas still has that, where he'll go out on Twitter, like he had a whole Twitter fight with Joe Klecko, um that started just because uh, I don't know they somebody ref you have you have to look it up on Twitter. It's a pretty like complicated thing that I don't really feel like getting into. It's kind of it was kind of dumb, but um, the point being. Like Revis and Sauce both like can't let things slide. Like they, they want everybody to know they're the best. And if somebody says they're not, it like motivates them more. And that it's I don't think that's a bad attribute to have. And I do wonder what Revis would have been like in the social media age if he had played more like in this era, like like Sauce does. Because Sauce is very much a product of like the social media age and like his his personality, his online persona, and his video game stuff and Twitch. It's just uh, yeah, I don't. It's it's all it's all funny. It's fascinating and um. I'm curious to see what Sauce says when he's asked about it in training camp because he will be. I'm sure we'll talk to him next week. Um, but yeah, just uh, more Jets drama. And it was just funny seeing. I don't know. I, if I was anybody online, I would not recommend uh, angering the Jets Twitter, is what I would say. So they're going yeah, oh, to yeah. be living in Asante Samuel's feed for a, a while now, especially because he keeps talking smack about these guys. And that's the funny part. Like Sauce, he's he's been smart in the past. He kind of like, rallies the troops without directly rallying them like last year there was a point where like pff like credited him with giving up a touchdown or something and he quote tweeted pff and so of course jets twitter just like went at pff and then eventually and they changed it yeah um uh, yeah so he's got sauce knows, sauce knows what he's doing he knows he's the fans are obsessed with him understandably he's a rookie that was an all pro um and the thing you alluded to by the way was a ranking from espn that uh right was like it was a vote that Jeremy Fowler does every year. It's like anonymous scouts, coaches, executives, 
vote on each position group who's the best. And Sauce came in at second to Patrick Sertan, which is pretty crazy going into a second year. I'm curious to see where Sauce lands in that uh, NFL top 100 thing. Um, and I mean, it's it's earned, but it's still crazy to think about that he's number two. And I think that's where Samuel got like offended that like a guy who's only played one year is already there or whatever. And um, but yeah, so we'll see. Uh, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of tension on Sauce on the Jets. I'm sure Sala, Robert Sala would prefer that he didn't address every single controversy as the season goes along, but you know, that's kind of the age we live in. So it's going to be interesting to see how things progress this year. And if Samuel's going to be, you know, if sauce gives up a touchdown one game, which is inevitable, like it probably will happen at some point. Um, if Samuel's going to be like, see, 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 he's not that good kind of thing. Right. So, he allowed one touchdown, but yeah. he, he decided to be an antagonist for jets fans, which there's a lot of people that decide to do that for some reason. They just go at the jets randomly and I don't really get it, but <laughs> That's just the product of being the Jets, I guess. It's not worth it. It's not worth uh, stirring, stirring, stirring that beehive, so to speak. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight? Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to, to looking ahead to training camp. Um, and the five, we're going by your article, Zach, which you have the top eight position battles, I think, overall. Yeah, I just picked out eight that I think are legit battles, and I ranked them yeah. based on interest. Yeah. So we're going to do five. If you want to read that full article, go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. You can subscribe now. Join for $1.99 a month for 12 months. Um, we're going to start at five and then crank our way up to number one. Uh, so number five, best position battles heading into training camp, um, starting strong side linebacker. And just to set the stage here, the players in in question, uh, Jamie Sherwood, Zaire Barnes, Hamsad Naziruddin. I still can't say his name. He's been, <laughs> it's been years now. It's, I got to work on that. Anyway, and then the wild card at this position battle, which I'm just waiting for the, uh, the comment section to light up. Quan Alexander, who is still <laughs> a free agent, um seems like he's not coming back though let's start there right i mean at this point i mean that that's what my gut says like again i can't really speak on it because i don't know like the why i don't know if it's because he's asking for more than they're willing to give or if they want to see what they have in these guys like (laughs) is this the part where we all go nuts for kwan taylor asked taylor's (laughs) dominating the the comments so far (laughs) well on twitter i still get stuff about kwan i even saw some some people tweeting about how that's like the next thing they got to do and all that stuff. The reality is that they have no reason that it should be taking this long if they really wanted to bring him back. But like, as I've been saying in like radio interviews and stuff, as long as he's available, he'll be an option. Like he knows the defense. Um, if they go into camp, they don't like what they're seeing from Sherwood and uh, Hamza uh, and Zaire Barnes, then, then they can, you know, they can bring him in. Uh, there's also, there's still some other, like he's not the only veteran. For, like I, I listed a few in the article: Miles Jack, Anthony Barr, 
which is a name that Jets fans, I don't know if they would be happy to bring him in at this point because of what happened when he tried signing here a while back. Uh, Zach Cunningham, Deion Jones, Rashawn Evans, a bunch of veteran guys that have experience, which is kind of like Joe Douglas does tend to bring in a couple guys like that once like late in the process. So we'll see. I don't, maybe it's Quan, maybe it's somebody else. I do think linebacker spot, there's not a lot of depth there. They don't really play three linebackers very much, which I think is lost on some people. Like the third linebacker in this defense, they play the knuckle corner more often. They play Michael Carter the second. Um, they like Tony Adams, a third safety. He's the favorite to be the third safety. And they, they brought in Adrian Amos and they brought back Jordan Whitehead. So I, I think they prefer those guys over the, over the third linebacker. Um, but yeah, so it's it's something to keep an eye on because if Quincy or CJ Mosley went down, I think they'd be in a lot of trouble. But um, we'll see. I mean, it's still possible they bring him back. I I just don't have a good read on if or when that would happen. Yeah, depth is some. That's one position where the, there's guys, but the the depth isn't where you, you yeah. wish it would be. So the favorite probably without Quan coming back has to be Sherwood, right? Yeah, uh, you know they drafted him a few years ago. He's a safety coming out of college. So he's a little raw as a linebacker. He's athletic, long. They like him a lot. He played. There was a game last year. Where I think Mosley went out for a few snaps, and he came in. Um, he gave up something in coverage, but I don't. know. I think they want to see what they have in him. He's young, and it'd be it'd be you know if he's a guy that could be good enough to start, I think that'd be ideal, honestly. So, all right, moving on. Number four, best position battles in twenty twenty three training camp. Left tackle. I actually thought this would be number one, just because it's I think one that like maybe the fan base thinks about the most, just because it's. Mackay Becton, um, but it's Mackay Becton and Dwayne Brown. This one's interesting for another reason. One, like if both guys are ready to go, yeah. it feels like it's definitely going to be Dwayne Brown based on everything that yeah, we've heard from from Robert Sala. But that said, what if he's not 100% and then Becton has to fill in and then that's where it all gets confusing and murky. Yes, then that's and that's kind of why I had it fourth instead of one, um, because I think all things being equal, I think it's Dwayne Job, Dwayne Jobs Brown to lose. That's what I was about to say. Dwayne Brown's job to lose. Uh, and I, and like I said in there, I think he'd only lose it if he wasn't healthy enough to go. But like you said, we'll get in the right tackle thing soon, obviously. Um, like the whole complicated thing to me, which I'm curious to see how it plays out. Like, I don't know if you want to be moving Makai back and forth a lot. So like, all right, so Dwayne Brown, I imagine he's not going to – even if he practices day one, he's not going to be a full go, and I imagine he won't practice day one. So are you going to put – are you going to give Mikhail Becton all the left tackle reps, first team? Are you going to rotate him at left and right because he's competing at both sides, by the way, technically? Like if he if he's not the left tackle, he's an option at right tackle, but like he doesn't have a lot of experience at right tackle, so you're going to give him those reps so he gets more practice with it, or are you going to give him the left tackle reps because if Dwayne Brown's not ready to go, he's your best option? Like – that's something I'm going to really be keeping an eye on in camp in terms of the, how they spread out the first and second team reps, Billy Turner, someone who has some experience on both sides, Max Mitchell too. I think all of them are more ideal on the right side. Makai's best position is left tackle, but Dwayne Brown's the preference and Dwayne Brown's never played right tackle. So whereas Makai did in college and he was starting to in training camp last year. So it's very convoluted. Uh, and I don't really have an answer how it's going to play out in terms of what they do with Makai in camp. Um, but if they don't think Dwayne Brown's going to be ready for week one or they don't think he's going to be ready, you know, by the end of the preseason or something like I, I'm just very curious to see how this goes. Like, will they give Mekhi Beckton a real chance to win left tackle? Maybe they will. And, I, and I've and i been, you know, I'm not thinking about that enough, but I, I feel like Dwayne Brown, they the way they talk about him and how much respect they have for him, I just don't see him not being their left tackle when he's healthy. So 
Um, that's why I had that fourth. Otherwise, you know, it's the most important position outside of quarterback, obviously. So it's uh, it's very important, but I, I think the other ones are more interesting just because I feel like they're more wide open. All right, number three. This one's fun. Uh, number two, number three is number two <laughs> running back spot behind Brees Hall. Um, and why that's more interesting is because there's a very good possibility that week one, the number two running back is actually the number one running back. Uh, but Michael Carter, Israel Abinaconda, and Zonovan Knight are the three guys there. The wild card in this one is Dalvin Cook, but that doesn't feel like it's happening either. So when you think about the other three guys, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I mean, the Dalvin Cook thing looms. I think if his price went down, then I think they'd definitely be interested. Uh, But assuming that doesn't happen and he goes to the Dolphins or whatever it is, like it's Michael Carter, it's Izzy Abanaconda, and it's Bam Knight. You know, each have their merits and their demerits. You know, Michael Carter, uh, they like his ability as a pass catcher. He's one of the more beloved teammates in the locker room. He was really good as a rookie. But last year when Brees Hall went down, his production was not good. He was, Like it was not good to the point that an undrafted rookie and Bam Knight that wasn't even on the active roster supplanted him as like the number one guy. Um, and he had that brutal fumble in late in the Bills game that arguably cost them the game. They they believe, they trust and believe in Michael Carter, but I, I don't think he he's not an explosive fast guy either. So you don't, you're not getting like the Brees element that you would want um bam Knight, you know he showed some flashes he showed some shiftiness some explosiveness in those first few games but then once teams kind of had film on him and they knew what he was at the end of this but the last like three or four games he i think i wrote it down here actually he averaged 1.8 yards per carry in the last four games which is just not good um and then you have izzy abanaconda who's a fifth round pick for a reason but you know mid-round running backs have have made a splash early he's gonna be the i think the youngest rookie to ever play for the jets he's still only 20 years old i think he will be when the season starts, uh, which is really young, but he's fast. He's explosive. He's really productive in college at Pitt. I'm, I've been saying all the whole time, I think the Jets believe in him and believe in his ability to help right away. Um, I don't know if he's ready to take on a full workload. And, you know, whether Brees Hall is available or week one or not, I think Izzy will have a role. And I think, you know, I, I, the way I predicted it in the story and the way I think it'll play out is Michael Carter probably leads off the season as a number two guy uh, or, you know, one if Brees Hall can't go. And then, as the season progresses and, you know, Izzy Abanaconda gets three to five carries or whatever it is. And he, and he gets a long run in those, then it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. And, and, and Bam Knight is an interesting one because I do think he has some skills, but that, that is a spot where if they, if they do believe Brees Hall is going to be back, like, are they going to try and get sneak Bam Knight through to the practice squad? I know Daniel Hackett has been known for using fullbacks and Nick Bodden got a lot of reps in camp. So are you going to, how many running backs do you really want to keep on the roster? They don't. They have an undrafted guy, Travis Dye. I don't think he's really in the competition. He'd be more of a training camp guy. So, something to think about. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think Michael Carter is the veteran with experience. That unless Izzy outplays him by a lot in camp, which is possible, certainly, I, I think Carter is the favorite at the very least. Bam and Izzy is a tremendous running back tandem. If yeah. that somehow happen at some point, um, <laughs> even if it's even if it's only in practice. Um, all right, number two, starting center. This is the classic like. Rookie versus the veteran, right? Does Connor McGovern have enough experience and all that moxie to kind of keep the job with Joe Tipman, the high draft pick, kind of banging at the door? And then Weiss Switzer is kind of in the mix as well. Yeah, you know, I as we t- we talked about early in the offseason, I was surprised that McGovern came back, especially at that price, which is $1.9 million, which showed that they were willing to make him a backup. Um, 
he might have just taken a pay cut to come here. I don't know, or the market wasn't there. But uh, I mean, Connor McGovern is a solid center for the last four, three years. Missed only two games, I believe, that he could have. And then they, but they drafted a guy in the second round in a year where they used a the first round pick on a guy who's a situational player. And I, I think the goal is to have your second round pick on the field. And so I, I think they want Joe Tittman to win the job. They will go with the best five and Tittman's ability to also play guard maybe helps him in that he could, you know, be a versatile backup. I, Connor McGovern can also play guard a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you know, that it's going to be interesting. I think it will be a legitimate battle. I think Wes Schweitzer will get some reps. Uh, he has a long history with uh, Keith Carter, their offensive line coach, dating back to when he was in college. Keith Carter was a coach on that staff with him. Um, yeah, ultimately, I think this is Joe Tittman's job to lose, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's a lock to win it, is how I would describe it. Certainly fair. Um, all right. And finally, the other tackle spot, switching over from the left to the right side. Um, and again, you mentioned Becton again here, and that's where this really gets complicated is which side is he at more. Billy yeah. Turner, Carter Warren, Yadni Kajus. I mean, name recognition, <laughs> obviously Becton, but he's got a lot to prove. How does yeah. this play out? Yeah, this is an interesting one because there's like three different flavors there. Um, I've, I've said from the beginning, I've written this many times, like the best case scenario is Makai Becton is healthy and a starting offensive lineman for the Jets because talent-wise, there's not a better player on that offensive line. I, I really believe that. He has the talent to be an absolute stud. He's huge, athletic. Like they don't make people like him that look and move like him. But he's played one game the last two years. He's had some trouble staying in shape over the years. A lot of that has to do with getting hurt. Um, he's in the best shape of his life right now, but he still didn't practice at all in OTAs. You know, he's publicly criticized the coaching staff, which, you know, can't be ignored. Um, whether whether it was those criticisms of merit or not is another discussion. But, um, yeah, so I think you, you want Makai to win, but he by no means will be handed a starting job here. He has to go and earn it. He has a lot to prove, especially to a new offensive coaching staff that has never that wasn't in the building with him. Um, you know, I think Keith Carter is a, is a good – motivational coach you know he's rubbed some players the wrong way in the past but if somebody's going to get Makai on his stuff and if Makai wants to take coaching well this could be a good match um, but ultimately you know you have Billy Turner who I think it can't be ignored that he's been a starting offensive tackle for Nathaniel Hackett coach teams for the last three years I believe each of the last three years that right tackle for the Packers and Broncos so they have a familiarity he's close to Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers knows how he operates I think he didn't grade very well last year it was a bad situation in Denver, so that probably should be factored in. But he's a veteran, so that's why I, I had him as my initial, like he starts out the season there kind of thing. I don't have like a lot of confidence in that, I would say, because Max Mitchell, as we talked about many times on this pod, he was really, really solid last year, way better than I think even the team expected because they drafted him thinking he'd be a developmental guy. And then right when he's getting into the groove of things, you know, in Jets fashion, he has this blood clot condition that comes out and he has to sit out the rest of the year and – um he was a full go in, in OTAs and the team is still very high in his talent, but you know, we need to see him out there and see where he's at physically and, and, uh, and all that, you know, I, I think, you know, there's a scenario where ideally he'd be the guy that you can lock in there because you have him under contract on a very cheap deal for the next few years. And Makai Becton is going into his last year now because his option was declined. So I, I could see, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Max Mitchell was a starter by the end of the year. And then, you know, if Makai Becton's healthy in week one, you know, I, I, it'd be hard to keep him off the field, but also if he doesn't outplay these guys in training camp or if he's, you know, missing practices or whatever, then you also at hard to put him out there. So I'm, uh, 
I don't know. I don't really have a g- great read on how it's going to go. It, I'm, this is one thing I'm going to be watching a lot in training camp. Um, and yeah, I, it, that's, that's why I think it's so fascinating. There's three different guys. You can make a case for any of the three. I think you can make a legitimate case for all three, Billy Turner, um, uh, Makai Becton and Max Mitchell. Like all, all three of them have a legit case. And then there's the factors like we talked about, like who's getting the left tackle reps and how does that impact their ability to win the right tackle job? Like is, are they putting Billy Turner on the left side? Because, you know, he's a veteran and they believe that he can go back and forth just fine. And so they let Makai and Max Mitchell focus on the right. I don't know. It's uh, it, it's it's fascinating to me. And it's going to be I think they have three good options, I would say. I, I think all three are solid offensive tackles. Um, and that's a good spot to be in. They have a lot better depth this year. Wes Schweitzer can play all three interior spots. Uh, you know, they drafted Carter Warren. He's from uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, they brought in a few other guys you know they have joe Tipman, they have connor mcgovern like this this group is more uh you know weathered in the way that they're going to be able to take on injuries more than they did last year but yeah i don't know i my gut says billy turner week one but i could be convinced otherwise in a day or two so yeah one practice right you're watching and it could go the other way all right um that's it for the best position battles it's going to be a lot of fun and those are the the best ones are the ones where you really don't know yeah. and it could go go anyway and i'm sure that those are the type of battles that hard knocks will cling to too as you go week to week and, and monitor these things and that takes us to the hard knocks storyline draft 2023 victor Knox, the makers of the original swiss army knife have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges mastering functionality innovation iconic design and uncompromising quality with its products the victor Knox swiss army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers a screwdriver and even a corkscrew with the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, Zach has a story out. I think it's 15. Yeah. 15 storylines to watch on Hard Knocks. Um, But we are going to draft. We're each going to draft five. We're going to go back and forth. Uh, I'm gonna go first, Zach, because you clearly put more. Are we gonna are we gonna go are we gonna go snake draft? Like I get two picks in a row. Okay. No, no, no. uh (laughs) it's up to you. That's kind of annoying doing two picks at a time, right? Yeah, let's not do we can go back and forth. Let's just let's just go back and forth. All right. Um so we're gonna do five picks each. We'll come up with the the ten. And then uh, I guess as we watch the show, 
we'll see see how many of these actually make it into the show and if they're any good or not we can that's kind a of good see point yeah we'll have to circle back yeah all right um first pick and i don't know it, it's tough like what's the biggest one but the most fun i think yeah i think that's, that's, what, I'm, go that's what i'm that's what i'm drafting is okay. the one that's gonna be the most fun yeah okay most fun cooking segment with makai becton where they the the camera's back at his house it's either him or his personal chef and they're telling you like how did makai lose all the weight how is he Mm. in the best shape of his life this is what he's eating protein packed lots of vegetables like this is where it kicks in all that stuff but we're there in the kitchen we're seeing the food get made we're seeing makai eat it makai's talking about how like this has changed my life. Um, I never thought I would like vegetables as much as I do now. And, it, and it's turned around my We career. all go through that in our lives where we realize yeah, vegetables are Yeah, and I, and I can't wait to, to go out there and, and show everybody, including this dumb Jets coaching staff, <laughs> that I'm here to stay. That That's my number one. I, I can't wait. And, and the possibility that he pops off is also a factor there. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I will say if you have any other ideas, I mean, we may get to them if you're throwing them in there yeah. now, um, but like fill up the chat. Yeah. What's what you're most excited about? Um, so I'll start with one. And I included this specifically on my list um, because it's something that I've been had like direct contact. Anyway, I'll, my number two, I would say is uh, walking the dog with Garrett Wilson. So he, Oh yeah. He, like I, like I wrote in the article, like he was, very good at like if you wanted to talk to him he was totally down to talk most of the time but if you caught him at the wrong time he'd always be like oh i can't man can i get you tomorrow i gotta walk go walk my dog he would say that constantly he and he, i don't think he was lying i and it was i like i wrote in the article very relatable i've had many times where i like haven't been home all day gotta get home walk the dog i want to see this dog it's pro you know i love a good dog on 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 these shows um seeing him home he's this young kid walking around the neighborhood with walking his dog picking up the poop all of it i want i want to see him and his dog and their home life. And I will Garrett say Wilson, that in New York, the picking up the poop seems optional from when I, <laughs> oh when I God, wander around, disgusting. but that's, you know, yeah, it's not that hard. Just br- even if you forget a bag, just somebody around you probably has a bag. Just ask somebody. Yeah. Or go time. get a bag. Like yeah, I've done or, that. Or I've forgotten back. the yeah. bag. Oh, totally. I've gone yeah. home. The poop will back. still be there when you come back <laughs> anyway. Yes. But yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll put Garrett, especially cause you know, we, I feel like everybody knows, We'll get into that because I don't want to spoil one of my other future picks potentially. But uh, I, I am curious what Garrett Wilson's like home life looks like in general because he's not as like you know open about it as some of his teammates. I would say. Yeah, that yeah they'll they'll do their best to get in there. Um, yeah, it's not like Sauce. Like no problem getting into what Sauce <laughs> is doing, and that'll come up too. I'm sure. Yeah. All right, um, my next pick. I'm going with that. Maybe this one's obvious, but I still think it's it's something that's going to get everybody fired up. So I'll throw it in here. The Brees Hall Rocky mm-hmm. rehab oh, yeah. montage totally. video where he's, I don't know if he's punching the cow <laughs> in the freezer um, or, you know, whatever, whatever he's doing, whatever old school rehab stuff. There's always, doing, there's but, always somebody they feature who's coming off an injury on that show for sure. Yeah. But. And obviously it's him. You see him in the the weight room. He's building it up. You're, you're hearing from his teammates who are like the flat, you see the flashback to the injury. Right. And it goes like, black and white and him <laughs> getting st- taken off the field. And then here he is putting in all the effort to get back week one and be, be that explosive player again. So that's my number two. So Taylor just stole what I w- I'm about to reference. Um, because when, when I was writing this and when I tweeted about it before I posted it, 
the number one response I got, and I and I get it, um, was Michael Clemens, and and how <laughs> what how what his presence will be on the show is like, I I keep thinking that he's not as like insane or crazy as uh, James Harrison, but like that kind of energy is what I, I'm kind of hoping for him. I don't know if you remember the season. I forget what team Harrison was playing for at the time. I don't think it was the Steelers, but he like the the HBO cameras would try and like film him and he would like tell them no and like shoo them away kind of thing or he'd like sk- intimidate them until they left kind of thing. And, and then they show that, right? Michael like Clemens, chasing the camera yeah, down exactly. off the property. Yeah, and Michael Clemens, you know, there's a video. I was trying to find it on Twitter for my article. I couldn't find it. There was a video he did um, where he was walking off the field of Carl Lawson or he's walking to practice with Carl Lawson and, and like the, the jet social media people were filming something and I don't know, or he just like barked at them. <laughs> and it was like, it was, like if, if he did that to me in person, I would, I might run the other way. And he's just, just a fascinating person. There's the whole story about how he watched the draft, like alone in like a dark room or whatever. <laughs> and, and he, he just seems like somebody who people outside of New York have no idea who Michael Clemens is outside of like, uh, you know, his co- college fans, Texas A&M, I think he went to. And I, I, he's such a fascinating person. He doesn't say much when you talk to him interview-wise. But I'm curious to see what his presence would be like and if they'll have like some sort of segment where the guys are talking about him and stuff. So he's, uh, he's someone I have my eye on for sure. Yeah, the quote from the teammate who's like, I'm afraid of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they like do some like funny music or something to go with it. Yeah. Uh, all right. My, uh, my third pick, Zach Wilson in the mm. shadows, Redemption within the Aaron Rodgers realm. This is going to be this is going to be hard for HBO to pull off. The the goal is to make everyone feel bad for Zach Wilson, right? That's mm. what you, you want to pull at the heartstrings like he wasn't ready, but now maybe it's getting ready to be his time. And now he can look up to the guy that he's, you know, his favorite player for all these years. Maybe they go a different direction and it's like the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Zach Wilson, but I hope they don't. I hope they don't play that up because that's just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's like almost like the puppy dog next to the guy, right? Like, oh, he loves him. I, I think it's more like you show him in the corner of the locker room, nobody talking to him. He's just by mm-hmm. himself. And then you interview him and he's talking about how he had it all and it slipped away, but now he's ready to, to start climbing the ladder and get it back and just make everyone forget why they've come to maybe not like Zach Wilson over the last couple of years and, and be back on the bandwagon. That's going to be a hard one for, for hard knocks. Yeah. One I was going to say, and also the players don't have to do like the interviews and stuff. So I I could see him being someone who declines it. And I I feel like they're really good at pitching you on what they're going to do though. Right. Like they they come to them and they're like, I think think the Rams had uh, the season. They did the joint one with the chargers is when people were pretty down on Jared Goff. And I remember specifically like, him like never being like really involved with the show as much as he was a couple when the Rams were on it a few years before that. So I, I feel like Wilson wouldn't want to do it, but you know, maybe he will, maybe this is his chance to humanize himself, which, you know, he didn't really get a chance. That's what they're going to sell him on. They're going to say, sit, sit down with us and we'll win the tri-state area back. for Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do an obvious one next and kind of ties into that. And that's going to be like how involved, if at all, Aaron Rodgers will be in the show. And my hope was, as I wrote in the article is that we get to see him like, like I, joked in the i don't know if they kept it in actually um doing ayahuasca i don't know yet yeah, i don't know if you do ayahuasca or if you you you, you smoke it or i don't really know how, how you eat it um but like it could he do that on camera who knows like maybe they get some footage of him from the off season doing something i don't know if he does it during the season or not but just something just like showing aaron Rodgers doing like yoga or like i wonder if they're gonna get into 
you know, the weird side of Aaron and, and because uh, you know he's obviously gonna be heavily featured on the show, whether he participates in interviews, I don't know, but it'll be like everybody's gonna be talking about him. So you're gonna see the clip, you know, from McAfee you're talking yeah. about the darkness. Well, and it'll so show everybody gonna, like, getting excited about him being in the same room as them and stuff like that. So right, you know, it's yeah. hard not to do this without mentioning Aaron Rodgers. So I'll do that. Yeah, that, that was obviously on my list, but I, I was wondering. I was actually curious if we could get through all ten of these picks and not mention Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, but I, you should be in here at some point, yeah, um, for sure. Uh, all right, I have two left. Looking at this, all right, the uh, this will be somebody, and I'm just taking a guess at who it is because I have like the, the local ties to it a little bit. But um, the player with no chance of making the roster that they make you really pull for, and I think Jerome Cap's the guy. Um, the the little receiver from Kutztown or the receiver from Little Kutztown University, a Division two school, uh, you know, put up huge numbers. He's already looked good over the summer. Um, chance that he gets a chance in the preseason games to kind of shine. So I think he's the guy that when he finally gets released towards the end, and he'll probably end up on the practice squad if not. Um, but by that point, they've really got you rooting for this guy. Yeah, one of my categories was scene stealers, and the predict the predictions I had was drum cap. You can probably guess one of the other ones. Who, awesome. who do you think? Who, who do you think's another scene stealer that I that I wrote down? Not sauce. No, no, someone who's like oh Mims, Mims. No, 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 Chris Strebler. Oh, oh, so, oh geez. <laughs> so, well, first of all, Strebler should have been our number one thing. Well, he's like he's I have like him. The, on he's the like list. the he's like the not the nominal number one. Like we don't need to put him on the list. But right, yeah. it's understood. The yeah. other thing is like, I feel like within New York Jets fandom, the Strebler storyline has kind of played out through last year, but it probably hasn't nationally. So that'd yeah. be interesting to see. It kind of did because when he when he played in that Jaguars game, people were going crazy, and his fo- that true. photo was resurfacing. So I don't they know. I feel like there could be something the, there. The a lot of times, it'll be like a third or fourth string backup quarterback that gets a lot of a lot of rep, especially if like Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers aren't talking. Like maybe they get the Strev uh, perspective. Um, another, another under the radar guy I wrote was Tanzel Smarch because he uh, I've talked to him before. He's got a good personality. He's kind of like a fight for the roster type guy. He he's bounced around the league a little bit. Denzel Mims is a good one. Uh, I'm curious, like if he, like he he might be willing to talk on there, but he also needs to like. This is a chance for him to like make himself look good for other teams. I would say so. It's going to be interesting for Mims. Um, but uh, again, yeah, someone said I need to use my power to get Chris Trevler, uh featured by Arnox. Yeah. I wish I had that. Your power. New York media power, <laughs> referencing Asante Samuel. Okay. Um, okay, I'll I'll All go right. with for my next pick. Mm, I have a few I like here. I'll go with Will McDonald because he's such a fascinating personality, which I wrote about in that big story about him. But he's he's a guy who does he does parkour, he does uh like jujitsu, he likes to fix old cars, he's he, he's obsessed with anime. Um he's played like he did like wrestling and soccer in high school and it's their first round pick. He's a very gregarious, like interesting personality. Um and so I could see him kind of like being a good subject for hard knocks to follow around and talk to his family and stuff like that. Like I, he's, he's a guy that this fan base is going to like a lot. I think, especially once he develops into like the player he's going to be, he's the first round pick. So there's some appeal for HBO to, to focus on him. So yeah, he, he hasn't signed his contract yet. Technically. I don't, I don't think that's a concern, but he hasn't signed it yet. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll draft Will McDonald there for my fourth pick. 
I have one that I want to go with, but I just don't think it'll happen. So I'm going to, we could talk about it at the end. If it's not your yeah. pick, it may be your yeah. pick, last pick. But my last pick is going to be, I think Woody Johnson is mm. on camera a lot here. I think he was on my, he was on my uh, top 15 list. Okay. He's, he's back from his European vacation, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Um, he, you know, last, obviously he was back last year, but now that the lights are on, he's ready to, to take back kind of vocal command and I, I think he he does some interviews i also think he was a big mm. part of the last one right was it, he, I, I he did not shy away from listeners will be able to tell us better than that because i don't yeah, really from the cameras that. so i think i think woody's a big part of this selling the jets brand no letting everybody know the jets are back and pumping it up how great an owner he is that's a good one all right so before i, I make my pick i'll like list off some of the ones i could consider that were in my list um Robert Sala motivational tactics was one of the things I had on there. Like, you know, every year he has a new catchphrase and, and also his home life, I'm sure will be a part of it. He has seven kids. <laughs> that was actually the yeah. one that I avoided yeah. was I, I can yeah. see like they would want to go. That's home like with, a thing. You can yeah. see all the kids and everything, yeah. but Sala has been the most vocal guy of like not wanting the jets to be a part of hard knock. So I feel like, yeah, that's a good point. To so, then allow that yeah. to happen would be off brand. That's a good point. Um, I see Jay Uzama, maybe go to Broadway show with him. He loves Broadway. Um, I wrote down like the big personalities that jump out. I, I put down some of the guys I listed off were Michael Carter, DJ Reed, Quincy Williams, uh, Alan Lazard, Billy Turner, and Thomas Moore said the punter. I think those are all like personalities that would jump out if they feature them. There's um, the former Jets thing too, right? Like yeah. all the former Jets. I mean, Packers, all the former Packers. Talking oh, right. About yeah, true. Yeah, I'm sure there'll thing. be something with that. Yeah. yeah. Um so here, I'll, I'll kind of cheat and do like a co- assistant coaching one here, and I'm going to combine two guys. Uh, I wrote down Ron Middleton and Nathaniel Hackett. So Ron Middleton, I think there's always a coach that kind of jumps out. I forget what – I think it was the Browns. There was that really big, like, offensive line coach on the Browns that had, like, the long mustache, and he, like, really, like, became popular from that show. Ron Middleton has such, like, a personality that everybody in the building loves him. He has catchphrases for everything. The people wear shirts – with it with his face and there's a signature catchphrase that he has which is uh everybody wants everybody wants to die no everybody wants to go to heaven but nobody wants to die like the idea that nobody wants to like put in the work that it takes to get to the promised land kind of thing um and that's and he's just said like a bubbly funny he's the tight ends coach uh he's the one you know who replaced solo when he had covid and so i think he's a guy that will jump out on the show uh, and probably be willing to talk because he's someone who has wanted to, he's very he said a lot how he wants to be a head coach one day um and this is an opportunity for him to kind of jump out. And then Nathaniel Hackett, there's two layers to it. The, the first layer is he hasn't really talked about what went down in Denver. Like, would this be the time when he does it? Like, everything that went wrong, is he going to talk about, you know, how it made him feel, anything like that? He's kind of avoided that so far. And then the other side of it is his personality. Everybody talks about his high energy. His meetings are famously supposed to be fun. Um, I know he's obsessed with, like, Austin Powers. He was, like – a he, taught like a hip-hop dance class or something when he was younger like there's a lot of fascinating aspects of Daniel Hackett um and so and the failure right that has failure yeah so there's a lot of interest there so I'm curious to see how involved he'll be with it and if he's willing to talk about his Broncos past so that's where uh and the one that we didn't I one I didn't I mentioned we neither of us picked sauce like I said I think feel like everybody kind of yeah it's 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 obvious and I feel like (laughs) sauce has been very he had a documentary about himself that he produced he does twitch he's on twitter like there's not really much you don't know about sauce already but i mean again he's going to be someone that fans outside of this area they're going to see why he's very likable he's not like a cocky kid like he's very likable 
or maybe he has some cockiness to him. But so I think nationally, he's people are going to fall in love with him a little more. But that, I think that's kind of why we both didn't pick him because I feel like we already know so much about Sauce Gardner. If Asante Samuel thinks he's got a big <laughs> reputation now, like give it a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, that was fun. Um, that was fun. We'll be, we got to start. When does it actually sure. start? It's the week after like training camp starts next week. And then hard knocks. Is it two weeks later? How long, like how long I'll do tell they you in a second? Let's see here. Da, 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 da. Okay. Can't find the premiere date. Let's No, I can't find when it is, but last year started August 9th. I think it'll be before that. So it's a couple, it's like a week or two. Yeah. Yeah, Especially with them in the hall. Because they have the earlier game. So, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not necessarily looking forward to watching every single episode, but I am looking forward to the (laughs) content. And and rather than just talking about like, who impressed you in camp today, Zach, we can actually like dig into behind the scenes. What I want to do, and I think we hopefully there's enough access like for you on the, the real side of things, but like what hard knocks, what's real and what's make believe, you mm-hmm. know, from episode to episode where like we see something on the show and you maybe have the insight that like, yeah, that's being blown way out of proportion. Yeah. You know, oh, it'll happen for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So stick with us, I guess is the moral there throughout the, yeah. the training camp and, and into the season. Um, I think I survived episode one without Marissa. We'll see how the audio version. You shouldn't have jinxed it. There's time. still some stuff to you gotta I, do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. I got to do the, uh, the closing stuff. Although I already got the, uh, the promo code in, so I don't even have to do that. There we go. Um, anything else, Zach, before you head to camp next week, I'm on vacation next week. So we'll be back the following week to, uh, to catch up on what's going on at camp. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess if this is the last one before then, yeah, I mean, we'll, I'm going to have, have observations probably just about every day, um, you know, working on some other stuff that'll, that'll be getting published. We're we're gonna, I'm not sure what, I forget what we did last year with training camp in terms of podcasts. Did we do like two a week or was it just one a week? I think we did one a week. Until one a week. And then maybe starts, as yeah. stuff happened, the hard knocks thing might throw us, might throw Well, we could just time place, it that way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to you guys on the schedule. We're still trying to survive life post Marissa right now. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for camp. Wish it was a week later than it is, but yeah. um, I am excited to get back out there. It's this team's gonna be a lot of fun. Training camp's gonna be fun. Sitting in the humidity won't be a lot of fun, but we're back watching football practice, over analyzing eleven on eleven drills, and I can't wait to be the one to over analyze them for you. So uh, follow me on all the stuff if you don't already. I'm gonna be tweeting and threading and because uh, that's we got a new social media app since the last time we had an episode. I don't think we thought that would happen. How are you um, feeling about thread right now? I don't know. Blue sky. Are you defeat. on blue sky yet? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> that's like, that's like Jack and the people that left. Twitter oh, okay. I'm good. Um, th- thread has like potential, but like the feed is a mess right now where it's like not yeah. in order and it's like not people you follow. So it doesn't give you that, what you maybe. Want. Yeah, it's so I haven't really gone all in on it yet, but I'll probably try to incorporate it into my training camp coverage. I'm still on Instagram at Zach Blatt NFL. Um, but yeah, keep checking the athletic. As Tim said, we have a sale going on. Um, and yeah, you know, early August hall of fame game, I'll be there. Uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get Marissa before that to come back on for a little bit because the Browns. Um, but yeah, so that's what we got. I got, I don't have anything coming for you guys. I think until early next week, which will be like a little training camp preview. And, and then Nick, Tim and I'll get back together the week after that. 
Good stuff. Keep it locked into the Can't Wait podcast. We'll let you know on all those weird social media things that are popping up now, <laughs> as if there weren't enough things that we had to communicate with people Seriously. about. Uh, but thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to everybody next time.